The national credit card, just like our personal credit cards, should only be used when needed for emergencies or major long-term programs, and only if we can pay it back. What we find today is an ever-growing amount of federal debt, the bill for which will eventually come due. The national credit card today is steaming hot. It's being used a whole bunch. For the sake of future generations, I sure hope that we begin to put it down and not use it as much as we have been. Welcome to the Financial Verse podcast. I'm your host, Harry Stout. This podcast is dedicated to improving your financial wellness. Our focus is to educate and inform about all aspects of money. We seek to reduce the financial anxiety, stress, and drama you face daily dealing with money. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Financial Verse podcast. I'm your host, Harry Stout. In this episode, I'm going to share a little secret with you. That secret relates to our national debt and really what the picture looks like and what your hypothetical share of it is. I think you'll be surprised how much debt our government has run up on its credit card. A family would not do what our legislators have done. It would be irresponsible. So let's begin. Taking a look at the facts, the amount of our national debt and the interest we pay has a profound impact on the federal budget and the income taxes you currently pay or will pay in the future. Have you seen how much debt we've accumulated on the government's credit cards? How much does it amount to your household? I'll tell you in a little bit. However, the reality of our debt situation is sobering. The problem for most people, most Americans, is that they don't know the reality of our national debt situation. And I think once you do, it will color how you approach your own money and your own self-reliance moving forward. We see reports that say that the total national debt is about $28 trillion. But today I'm gonna tell you, unfortunately, it's much, much more. Again, knowing this situation is important to your financial education. At some time in the future, we're gonna have to make good on all of this debt. And if you really wanna see visually what it looks like, I encourage you to go to the National Debt Clock at usdebtclock.org. I'll include it in the show notes. To have the cash needed to pay the future debt service, we're going to have to have a combination of tax increases, budget cuts, new borrowings will be needed to balance our national checkbook. So once you have a chance to look at the clock and you drill down on the numbers shown, once you get over the shock, you're gonna find that the US national debt is actually closer to $123 trillion. Let me repeat that, $123 trillion, more than four times what the Treasury Department is reporting and more than four times what our politicians acknowledge. When you cut through it all, the federal government has about $6 trillion in assets and 129 trillion worth of bills resulting in a $123 trillion shortfall or a debt burden of about $796,000 for each U.S. household as of September 30th, 2020, a year ago, based on the latest available audit. And today, the comments I'm going to be relaying to you are based on my reading of the report 
relating to the audit of the U.S. federal government's financial statements by the organization Truth and Accounting. And they have a report that's entitled The Financial State of the Union 2021, which really is based on the latest available audited financial report of the U.S. government for the year ended September 30th, 2020. Now, I'll include a reference to that report in the show notes. Now, according to the report, if current laws and policies don't change, the increase in future debt will grow faster than our economy as measured by GDP. The official Treasury Department figure of $28 trillion that's shown on the debt clock doesn't account for the short-term and long-term economic costs of the state shutdowns because of the pandemic and all of the situations that we're going through currently. And I'll talk more about stimulus spending and what that's going to do to our debt levels a little bit later. Now, most importantly, the 28 trillion does not include the large amount that the government owes in unfunded social security and Medicare entitlement benefits, which if you look at them, I believe there's 55 trillion in unfunded Medicare benefits and $41 trillion in unfunded social security benefits. And these numbers are according to truth and accounting. One reason why the Treasury Department excludes these unfunded entitlement benefits from its debt calculation is because it claims the recipients have no right to future payments and that laws to reduce or stop future benefits can be passed at any time by Congress. In my view, this position is really not a political reality. Again, in my opinion, not paying Social Security benefits or eliminating Medicare benefits would be political suicide for whichever party took that action. After Medicare and Social Security, the greatest debt the government owes are publicly held debt, about $21 trillion, military and civilian retirement benefits, about $9 trillion, and they have other liabilities, a little over $2 trillion. Unlike many state governments that they have rainy day funds or cash reserves, the federal government resorts to printing and borrowing more money or raising taxes instead of cutting spending. Now, the TIA report of the Truth in Accounting report says that if the federal government was properly prepared for a crisis with a true rainy day fund, it would not have had to borrow money. Again, Let me give you a little bit more background in terms of the finances of the U.S. government. About 80% of our government's revenue comes from individual income and withholding taxes. Excise, state, gift, and other taxes account for about 11% of revenue. And believe it or not, corporate taxes only account for 9%. If you look at federal spending, 23% is on defense, 16% on health and human services, 16% on Social Security, 5% on interest on the national debt, and 2% on education. Now, the debt story that we currently have actually is going to get worse. At the same time, we've accrued $128 trillion of debt. We are also experiencing new and proposed spending proposals that will add to our debt situation. Our current debt does not include the impact of the recently passed stimulus bill and the Biden administration's proposals on infrastructure and social spending. Now, these programs are called the American Rescue Plan. That was already passed by Congress. That's $1.9 trillion. And then the proposed American Jobs Plan, 
and the Americans Family Plan. The last two proposals have an estimated price tag in excess of $4 trillion, all subject to negotiation, not passed by Congress at this point. But as you can see, Washington is looking to add large amounts of new spending, some of which is going to add to our national debt. They won't be able to pay for it all with tax increases. And to me, these amounts are mind boggling. So to summarize, in personal finance, I write about the need to control spending, carefully manage debt levels, and reduce what you're spending on interest costs. And I call these common sense practices because that's what they are. When you look at how our government is run, you find the exact opposite in my view. The national credit card, just like our personal credit cards, should only be used when needed for emergencies or major long-term programs, and only if we can pay it back. What we find today is an ever-growing amount of federal debt, the bill for which will eventually come due. The national credit card today is steaming hot. It's being used a whole bunch. For the sake of future generations, I sure hope that we begin to put it down and not use it as much as we have been. Well, that's it for today. We look forward to our next session together. Thanks for listening today. The Financialverse podcast is brought to you by Better Wealth. Better Wealth's mission is to unlock intentional living by helping you better manage your money. To find out more, go to betterwealth.com. If you like what you've heard today, please rate us on your podcast service and forward today's program to your family and friends. We would really appreciate it. To learn more about the Financialverse, please visit financialverse.com.